coming up on Sleep, Eat, Perform, Repeat. I was driving home from work one day and it had been a very long day. It was, and there was a truck behind me. And as I looked in my rear view mirror, the truck started veering off the road into the wall. As I watched in horror, it started pushing itself up against the wall and the wall, like obviously it was impacted and began to crumble. Like any responsible driver, I looked forward, <laughs> you know, to make sure I was still driving the right direction. I glanced in the rearview mirror again to see what I needed to do. There was no truck. I was so overworked and so tired and so at the end of my tether that I imagined a truck behind me going into a wall. And I was like, things have got to change. Hi, I am Neve Brady from Better Work Day. You should check out my new online course at www.abetterworkday.com. And here is my episode of Sleep, Eat, Perform, Repeat. Welcome to Sleep, Eat, Perform, Repeat with your hosts, David Clancy and Kieran Dunn. This is a podcast about high performance. What we are striving to achieve is to figure out what makes high-performing individuals tick, why they do what they do, and why they are successful. Enjoy a journey of stories, lessons, and learnings. Today we spoke with Neve Brady, productivity coach, creator of the Better Workday program, and author of Remote Working Essentials. Neve really stood out to us at the recent IBEC Keepwell Summit 2022 in Croke Park. Her clarity of thought and simplicity of message is a rare thing these days. Her mission is to help create a better workday for professionals worldwide. But her areas of focus being well-being and productivity in the workplace. We really love this at Hawara. We impact her transition from employment to being a self-employed business owner and when she recognised she needed that change. She's considered a thought leader around burnout in Ireland and shed light on early identifiers of it. And the story of the truck that caused her to look closely at her work-life balance. Neve spoke about boundaries, working from home, its challenges for working women and men, especially those with young families, work intensely during a typical day and week, fallow Fridays, and the necessity of taking genuine time off from work to recharge with a plan around the year being essential. This was jam-packed with actionable tools and simple pieces of advice. Enjoy. Neve Brady, thanks a million for joining us this morning. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. How are you guys doing? Looking forward to the weekend? Yeah, we are looking forward to the weekend, aren't we? Any plans, Kiran? No, I'm doing very little. I'm actually going to play football tomorrow. First time in a little while. But nice. he's probably still recovering from a heavy weekend last weekend. <laughs> yeah, it was the stag party in Barcelona and it wow. was excellent. His stag. <laughs> yeah. Your stag. Well, yeah. congratulations. See, I'm still in one piece anyway, so, you know, That's, it's successful. Well, I don't know is it a successful stag if you're right back in one piece, but I'll take your word for it. <laughs> Neve, what's going on? What, what was your week been like? And kind of give us a sense as to the exciting things going on in your world at the moment. Yeah, so my week has been very exciting on two very different fronts. So first of all, I started my official month off. So I am meeting free and event free for the whole month of August, apart from talking to you 
two lovely folk this morning. Um, so that was really good. And that's a really nice way for me to intentionally bring a bit of balance in now that I'm working for myself full time. And then I also got a nice little bit of coverage through uh, local and national newspapers on the topic of burnout over the last couple of days, which was great to see um, people picking that up and talking about that and having those conversations. So it's been a great week. Can't complain at all. You're going to talk about burnout, but 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 I'm going to interrupt and say the first bit. How long have you been doing that? As in limiting bookings, limiting availability, maybe finding time for yourself. So I've done that by design since I started my business back in 2019. Now, the first reason I did it was because I had also been working a full time job. Um, But as soon as I gave up the full time job and moved into this I decided to keep it as a way to make sure that I didn't end up working 24-7 as a business owner. My partner also works shift work, so it's important for us to get the balance at home. Mm. So just from the get-go, I decided that the months of August and December, I won't do any work um, in terms of meetings and webinars and, and that kind of thing. And then even week to week, I try to balance off, off the partner to make sure that we get that balance. So just really committing to it and following through, you know. Certainly. And let's jump back to what led to you starting this company? What led to you jumping away from employed life to self-employed life? Yeah. So I started Better Workday because I needed to see new types of role models in the workplace. So when I started working way back in 2007, well, I started working at the age of 11, but we won't go that far (laughs) back. First job after college, 2007, I was, you know, given my phone, I was given my laptop, but I was given no advice on how to organize my day, how to prioritize my work, how to make the most impact. And everyone around me that was getting promoted and that was really successful, they're all working really long hours, very stressed, always busy, running here, running there. So I learned all of their bad habits, you know, um, which led me to burning out a couple of times. We can talk about that in a while if you want. But I was happy to kind of be that person, weirdly enough, until people who worked with me started asking me for advice oh so now I was a role model and I was the one taking no breaks and running around like a fly and being stressed and I was like nope this has to change we have to break the cycle and I'm going to do something about it and that's where Better Work Day came from. When did you realize obviously we we saw you speak at the Keep Well Summit um, and yeah. you you kind of touched on some of these pieces especially maybe with respect to burnout Neve. but when did you kind of get a sense that there's something going on that isn't healthy for me, because I'm sure listeners will get a lot from that. Yeah. So I think for me, it was when, God, this is, we, we might end up cutting this story if you think I'm crazy after I say, <laughs> is, that, is that a fair agreement? So I was driving home from work one day and it had been a very long day. It was in the same company where I started mentoring people and a very long day driving home. And there was a truck behind me. And as I looked in my rear view mirror, the truck started veering off the road into the wall, right? And as I watched in horror, it started pushing itself up against the wall and the wall, like obviously it was impacted and began to crumble. So like any responsible driver, I, I looked forward, <laughs> you know, to make sure I was still driving the right direction. And I glanced in the rear view mirror again to see what I needed to do. There was no truck. I was so overworked. And so tired and so at the end of my tether that I imagined a truck behind me going into a wall. 
And I was like, things have got to change. What are the ingredients that you need to get to a point like that? No holidays. As in you take holidays, but you're not really on holidays because you're thinking about work and checking your email and making your plans for world domination while lying on the beach. Working evenings and weekends, you know, always having the laptop on. My friends used to joke that I'd get the the joke on TV 10 minutes later than everyone else because I was checking my email while everyone else was watching telly Um, and just not switching off. So constantly being on, even when you're pretending to yourself and to others that you're taking breaks and trying to just keep trying to keep going all the time without taking any breaks, any rest. And that's what's going to lead you to imagining trucks behind you when you're driving home from work. Was there anyone in your circle or maybe your partner or someone, did they notice this trend within you? And how did you describe what just happened to you when you got back from that car journey? Well, definitely, Steve, um, my partner, we're getting married in December, actually. Uh, so he, he was like, so do you think you're tired? Do you think you need to take a break now, Neil? <laughs> I was like, well, I suppose you're right. But, you know, and I'm sure people will relate to this. You know, if you're career driven, if you're ambitious, if you're the kind of personality that tends to overwork. First of all, we go into work cultures that will probably allow us to do that, right? So we tend to go into those kind of cultures because we feel at home there. It allows us to be our worst selves, but that's where we're comfortable being. And secondly, our friends and family kind of, in a way, say, that's kind of who she is. Like, she stopped listening to us. We told her five years ago, we told her seven years ago, you know, to slow down. She's not going to slow down. So we'll just be there for her when she burns out again and I know that's not the best answer but that's kind of what happens because there is a sense of there's only so much other people can do until you make a change yourself is is it more important for that to be learned from within from an experience or do you feel from your experience that it can nearly be coached or seen or observed from someone else so Kiran might say to me you look a bit tired you're not really on form it's been actually going on for a couple of weeks or, or does it some, is the self-awareness recognition from within nearly as important or more important? I think it's a combination of both. And you bring up a good point because that's one of my concerns around um, hybrid working and people who aren't seen for long periods of time if they choose mm. to never come into the office. And I suppose specifically I'm talking about people who might not have a lot of human interaction on a day-to-day basis at home as well, that there is nobody there to say, God, you look tired. And then three weeks later, are you okay? Because you seem to still be quite tired. So I do think that's a very important element of it. But you you need to have the self-awareness to feel it yourself as well, because otherwise you'll just keep brushing it off until it's too late. You touched on something that uh, obviously caused a bit of a smile at the summit when you you gave some examples of when you should have your phone and when you can leave your phone. And in, re- in relation to boundaries, that some people are still checking emails on the toilet and sometimes you should just focus on that. Um, how important are our boundaries? Because we're, we're in a world when we end up talking about them a lot, but people still don't really understand and they are still on when they should be off. I think boundaries are, they're critical. And, and you're right, like, I don't think there's any scenario where you need to be checking your phone on the toilet. Um. But like I see a plate in so many different scenarios and I suppose a more serious one for me is I've got young kids and I'm trying to put one of them to bed and it takes me 45 minutes to put James to sleep if I'm checking my phone while trying to rock him to sleep, right? 
And all of a sudden I give up, I put the phone away or I choose not to bring the phone into the room that evening. And he's gone down in about 15 minutes. Now, you could say there's a lot of factors there, but definitely one of them is because I'm paying attention to only one thing. I'm being present to only one thing. And I'm not trying to split myself in two to have half of me on the phone and half of me in the moment. I think we can apply that to, you know, taking a break for five minutes in the restroom. We can apply it to putting our kids to bed. We can apply it to work. We can apply it to rest. You know, as long as you're checking the phone, only half of you is really here. The other half is in the screen. And it's just essential that we start realizing that and taking steps to be present. Something you said resonated. Cultures allow this to happen. And the Irish culture may be one that promotes it almost because when a national multinational comes and sets up in the country, we often see that it's that highly educated, hardworking Irish population that was one of the reasons that they came. And for me, no way dismissing hard work. I actually think it's something that can bring you joy and fulfillment if it's done in the right way. So do you face resistance when you go in to say you can be more productive and with better workday to people who are just used to that old way of working? You have to do it for 12 hours a day. You have to always be a little bit tired because that's just the nature of their work. Yeah, I do get some resistance. I was on a talk with people from facilities, actually. I'll, I'll give you a long answer to this. And during the pandemic, towards the end of it, and I was recommending that they take a day off. And some of the responses I got were, can't take the day off. You know, the projects are too big. There's too much to be done. You know, we just have to get through it. We can't take the break. And my response was, well, what are you going to do if you take get a heart attack or a stroke? You're going to have to take a break then, you know. So I do kind of temper it with a bit of humor and a bit of kind of like smartness with that. But really, when I go into companies, I always say, and it's true, there are seasons for everything. So I do think it depends on where you are in your personal life what's happening with your professional life, you know, what age you are, do you have dependence, you know, where are your priorities, because there are stages in your life where you will work 12 hours a day, it might be one day a month, it might be for a three month period in in a year coming. And for whatever reason, you are in it, and you are loving it, and you are enjoying it. And it's giving you energy. But the reason it is, is because for the other 12 hours, you're not thinking about work. Right. There's a difference between working long hours and being a workaholic. And studies have shown that working long hours doesn't have the same physical and mental detrimental effects as being a workaholic. And it's because when you're not at work, you're not at work. And that's the key, because we'll all have those periods where we hustle and there's no point pretending that everyone's going to switch to a four hour, four day work week. It's just not going to happen, you know. It's about being where you are. When you're at work, be at work. When you're at home, be at home. What sort of advice can we give to people that, especially maybe mothers of young children that are still ambitious and still striving to push their career and still it is expected to be a seven to eight hour work day, although they feel it can be productive maybe in less, but they're still then trying to be a mother. And and especially in the hybrid model, how are they going to manage that so well? Because that's that can be quite stressful as well, right? Trying to kind of feel you're doing all you can from a work perspective, but also being the mother at home for the two young kids, three young kids in the, in the house. Yeah, it's really hard. I'm not going to lie. And there is no silver bullet, but one thing that I wish I did differently when I'm back to work in corporate after my first child is to make the most of the work day. So what I mean by that is if I'm going to be online in work from nine to five, 
I'll be there from nine to five. And if that means that I get to get my work done in less time, I'm not going to fill the remaining time with mommy duties, with home duties, with other duties. I'm just going to slow down. Mm-hmm. I take up a cup cup of coffee and maybe get a head start on another project next week so that if when the kids are sick I'm not putting myself under pressure and I'm going to take full advantage of that work day to you know look after myself look after my career and fill that time instead of saying that's great now it's a quiet day today you know I got ahead of things yesterday so I'm going to go and put a wash on and I'm going to try and organize the lunches and I'm just going to the school because you're trying to fit too much into one space And believe it or not, then when you do finish work, you're not finishing exhausted. So you have enough energy left over. So I always say to be productive, you need to have the time. Yes, but you also need to have the energy and you need to be paying attention to the right thing. You know, and and if if you use up one of those faffing around the place, it's not like you're going to just get bonus energy at the end of the day. We all know that. So I'd say make the most today. Take your nine to five, do your work. If your work finishes early, slow down, get a coffee and maybe get a head start for the next day, you know, and be kind to yourself. For God's sake, you're a mother with young kids. There's a segue for me because I was going to bring up self-compassion and how we probably don't use enough of it, especially in Ireland and probably the UK in around these areas. What can people do in order to show that self-love a little bit more when things aren't going well, when maybe they're approaching burnout to say, look, you need to stop or else, you know, your health will have an effect and your family's health will be affected as well one of the toughest things when you're approaching burnout or you know if you're just in a very busy work period because let's not always go to burnout right so if you're really really busy at work is you don't feel that you've earned the break which i know is terrible but but you know i can't take a break i've got too much to do but there's a really simple way to give yourself black and white evidence that you have indeed earned that break and that is to write your accomplishments as you do them throughout the day so you know to write down Okay, I I haven't done everything, but I have done item one, two, three, four. And then if you want to layer that on, first of all, acknowledge that you are making impact in other people's lives. So don't just say, you know, I sent the email, say I helped John to get the information he needed. And I think that when we acknowledge that we've helped others, you know, we've given back to our team or to whoever that, that we're working alongside, then we said, you know what, I've helped a good few people today. I'm going to take a little bit of time for myself now. And that's a little bit of who we are as a culture, but so lean into it and use it to your advantage. So I always say little wins, but tied into the human that you helped, not just the task on the to-do list. Yeah, Definitely. I was on a call with a client yesterday who listens to the show. So he don't mind me saying that he is someone who often gives and gives and gives and forgets to look at themselves and sort of that was inherited from his family, from his father. So there you go. It's important that maybe he just changes the lens of he's helping others. So now he's to help himself for a little bit. Yeah. And I always say, look after your future self, you know, because we never want to look after our present selves because we're always prioritizing other people's needs above. But why don't you prioritize future you above present you and say, well, you know, future Dave would mm-hmm. love it if I finished work on time today because, you know, he'd make it home. Our future Kiran would love it because it means I'd make football on time and I wouldn't be stressed. You know, and sometimes it's easier to look after a future self than it is to look after a present. Future Kate and future Mary would be happy with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> just t- touching on something that's come up a couple of times, and obviously we can both relate our side and your side to that 
part for those listening, business owners, self, you know, entrepreneurs starting their own thing, or maybe in the midst of that. And you said, you know, when you're off, you're off. And if you're on a holiday, be on a holiday, not checking your phone. But, but how do you get around that? Because we'll be at each other a little bit, even if we're on a holiday. And there is that little bit of guilt if you feel you're not moving the needle when you're mm. supposed to be on holiday. What are you, what's the suggestions? How do you get your head around that? When you're off, you need to be off. So I think really we have to, and I was listening to a podcast on a different topic this morning that related to this. We have to look past the short term and we have to start looking at the year overall or even you know, 18 months overall when you're taking time off. Okay. Because let's say in my line of work, somebody might not book me for a workshop because I didn't reply to them in August, but that's one workshop an entire year. Right. And if I plan my revenue goals and my marketing goals and my client engagement over the course of 12 to 18 months, rather than over the course of four weeks, Mm -hmm. that's going to give me more confidence that I can take the break. So that's one part of it. So, you know, if you want to take decent time off work, you have to plan it as a business for beyond a month or two months. You really have to be looking at the whole you know, fiscal year or even 18 months, as I said, depending on what, what type of business that you're in. And then the second thing is, you know, you have to have the systems in place to support you. And if you don't have the systems, you have to kind of accept that there's going to be a loss of income for that month because you haven't yet had the maturity to set up the systems, which is cool. So for example, I sell online courses. I haven't yet automated the whole thing. So I probably won't sell any in August. That's on me, you know, but I have to make the decision what's more important, taking the time off so that I can come back creatively and with fresh energy for September when it's going to be busy. That's way more important than maybe a workshop and two online courses. So look, I know that's not easy. And people will say easier said than done. And I agree 110%. But we have to plan and look at the long term if we want to reward ourselves in the short term if we're a business owner. I was going to say, I certainly agree. We often think about with rest and recovery is that you're switching off and it doesn't need planning and it doesn't need execution, really. So meditation isn't easy. It's one of the things that people have resistance to. Taking a holiday actually isn't easy because people are on the phones, thinking about work, thinking about projects. So in my head, it's always if you can plan enough ahead that you are sorting your work schedule, you should also plan a rest schedule, what you're going to do, where you're going to eat, what book you're going to read, these things that we think will just happen naturally. Sometimes they need to be as stringent or as, or as predicted as our work schedules. We need to make sure we've plugged them in because it's not just going to fall into place. Otherwise, we're going to be sitting on the couch, turning on Netflix and thinking about work and not watching a minute of what we're meant to be doing to relax. It's just going to be a passive environment for us to think about work. That's, oh what, he, that's what he thinks is the, that's what is the right answer. <laughs> but it's very much, for me anyway, it's a work in progress. I oh, find it's... it very hard to still leave stuff behind because, you know, the nature of the beast at the moment, I think. I Indeed. am the one on the couch watching Netflix, thinking about work <laughs> with the emails. Can I just say two things on that? So first of all, I think if you work alongside somebody else, even one other person, I think it's always good to set ground rules to say, look, I'm meant to be completely switched off. But in these two or three scenarios, I trust that you'll call me if you need me. And even on my out of office at the moment, there's a line there saying for existing clients, if you have a time sensitive update, Mm. you can contact me. So there is that balance, but they're very clear. We're talking about boundaries. But to your point, before we move off the rest and planning the rest, I always say this, 
but because I've got young kids now, it's like that's how it makes sense of everything. So do you remember when you were young and somebody would say to you, let's go to the beach. It's two o'clock. Let's go to the beach. Great idea. And off to go to the beach with your parents or with family, friends. You, what you didn't see is that the evening before or the week before they looked up the weather. They said, you know what? We'll do that day. We'll go to the beach. Right. What time will we go? We'll go at this time because the naps will be over or whatever the traffic. Grand. What beach will we go to? Okay. Are we going to buy lunch out? Or are we going to pack it? What are we going to pack? What clothes do you have? All this planning. Planning has always happened for rest and leisure. It's just that when you're growing up, you don't see it because quite often someone else is doing it for you. And when you get to be the adult, yeah. guess what? <laughs> you have to do the planning. Yeah. So I think it's a I bit of a flip, that. isn't it? But it's yeah. so true. Yeah, so true. So true. So we're currently planning for our trip and <laughs> what's going in the bag, Mary? I don't know. I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out tomorrow. Um, yeah, you're hitting on an awful lot. Neve, look, obviously you had that you had that burnout piece this week, kind of, and that is something that's very much at the forefront of business culture in Ireland, but also internationally. What what what's the what's the other things? What are the other things you're looking at at the moment that's kind of piquing your interest at the moment? So there's the burnout piece. There is, I'm very much interested in the concept of the four day work week at the moment and making sure that we don't have an invisible fifth day so that mm-hmm. companies actually look at the workload and how they say no as an organization to actually allow people, if they do decide to implement the four day work week, to do that. And also on the hybrid piece, just to make sure that we get the best of both worlds. So I think there's an awful lot happening. Yeah. And now, and we won't even layer all of the the people movement on top of that you know so there's an awful lot going on with companies but I think it's a very exciting time um from those two perspectives so taking a look at that and I suppose to get all that done I think we really need to tackle procrastination because there's an awful lot of people who are sitting on things that if they made decisions and moved forward we could start trialing these things experiment experimenting and learning from our results as opposed to pushing on the paper and having long uh, long conversations with no welcome. I, I just did a course there recently called The Missing Lesson, and they talked a lot about Fallow Friday and mm. having a day in a week devoted to yourself in your own development or doing the things you want to do. So that could be Zumba, that could be learning how to play chess, it could be learning how to stand up paddleboard, you name it. Um, it could be writing, but having four days nearly for your work, two days for the family time. And then really trying to create that time that is very much guarded for yourself, because oftentimes in a week, you don't have a lot of time then for yourself. Maybe it's late in the day when energy is low, as you touched on earlier. Is that something that could, is that something that we could bring to life here in Ireland? How would that look? Is that possible? I think we're quite good at that already, uh, but we just don't have the intention around it. So, you know, we've got a really good sporting culture here in Ireland. So people will go and they'll do that. Right. Um, I mean, regardless of the family commitments, you know, you show up for a training and you go to your match and you'll get it done. So I think people with teams that they go to for for their their personal time, I think it works really, really well. I think it's trickier when it's solo activity. So, for example, I like to play the guitar badly and write bad songs and sing badly. Um, so it's harder to do that, right? Because you don't have the accountability piece. But I think a lovely way around that is just to share it with somebody and to set up some bit of an accountability partner, be it with your, your person you live with and say, look, you know, I'm going to have this me time. It might not be a whole day as well. It doesn't really matter. If it was an hour, but it's your time, 
uh, talk to somebody about it, get them to to cheer you on or get them to kind of poke you if you're if you're not showing up. But it brings benefits on many levels. We all know that it's going to boost your creativity. It's going to allow you to recharge. It's going to allow your brain to think in different ways. And it's just going to nourish your soul, isn't it? Because we all like to do a bit of what we love. Yeah. Not, not listening to the bad guitar though <laughs> well we're all trying to play it badly. i'm bad at the guitar yeah. as well yeah it's <laughs> like a no thing musicians here thinking about um behavior change and impact on people if someone was listening to this podcast and they thought great insights i love what's been said how hard is it to get a change in behaviors so if you go do a workshop and you enlighten many people in room What's the key to, to change the behavior down the line for that individual? Do they have to start doing it as a habit? Do they have to try and implement it in a schedule for their day? What is it that make, that shifts the needle when people leave the podcast, leave the room, leave the online course that you have? So I always think success comes in numbers. So if you go listen to a podcast or if you attend a course or go to a workshop and you decide you're going to do one thing differently, so maybe the one thing differently you're going to do after listening to today's, I'm going to block off one hour of my time a week for me time. Tell someone about it and get them on board with you. Okay. Because if there's two of you doing it or three of you doing it, you're more likely to exceed because you're sharing that achievement. You're sharing the journey. And then it's the practical stuff to help you build a habit, put it on your calendar, set the reminder on your phone because your phone is always with you. Plan to make sure it happens. And when I deliver stuff, I always say to people, don't try and transform your whole life like in one workshop, for God's sake. Like one podcast episode isn't going to, you know, reverse years of bad habits. But you one. could, except this one, sorry, except this one. <laughs> but you could pick one thing, like one tiny thing that would take you five minutes and say, do you know what? I'll start with that and do it. And then the next time you can pick up something else and you can do it, you know? So it's about tiny incremental change, but always as much as you can bring people with you. I think that's the issue with organizational change. You have to bring people with you. You know, it's the same. It's the same everywhere else. Digital detox, digital minimalisms, people listening to this that love all that. Um, you just said phone. Um, should that always be with us? We all have our phone with us all the time, everywhere, every point of time. Is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? What should we do with that? So I always struggled with this. But then I listened to your podcast episode with Cal Newport and I was like, ah, oh, brilliant idea. Um, I didn't know I was doing it, but I was doing the same as him, which is I bring my phone back. I think it's in 2007. So yeah. you, you delete all the apps off your phone and you bring it back to the function that it, it, it was intended to as an iPhone, let's say, for example. And it's just as appealing then because all of the toys aren't on it. So I have been doing that for a long time, actually, with the kids and everything. I just find that I can't pay attention to everything. So, you know, there'll be a day. It could be any day of the week. There's no specific day or time. It's just if I feel I'm looking at the phone too much. I say, that's it. Just delete all the apps off. And I don't have a specific length of time that I need them off for. It's just I take a break and then they go back on as I need them. And I think it's less serious than you know, locking your phone in this box thing that you have to smash with a hammer because you changed your mind, you know, just, just delete the apps, you know, and give your brain a break and, and take it back because we are in a digital world. We have to learn how to evolve with the tech as opposed to try and fight it as well, you know? Yeah, I think it can be difficult for people to go and do that. Deleting apps for deleting accounts. People say they're going to delete Instagram accounts. It's been there but for don't years. Don't delete the do account. It. Don't delete the account. Just delete, like the app will be back on your phone in 30 seconds. Do you know what I mean? It's not even permanent. Just delete the app, you know. Yeah. 
It's way easier. Well, I've tried to do around this because I found I wouldn't, I wouldn't delete the apps or I wouldn't close the phone down or I wouldn't go back to having a 2007 iPhone or anything. Let's go. Yeah, what I've done is I've actually, um, I've put times in the evening when I'll just have a bit of t- uh, time on the phone. So Instagram reels, looking at funny football moments, anything like that. They're quite enjoyable. Obviously, I'm getting them dopamine hits because I want to go back and view them. And I was saying, well, it's not essentially a bad thing if I can plan it into my day and it's not taking up flick time across the day where I'm being sucked into the phone. It's I use it like a evening if like enjoying Netflix or anything like that. When I can, I'll go and flick through reels. I'll enjoy it. And I'll use that half eight to nine to just do that. And then I'll get off the phone. And I found that by planning it ahead, I'm not just spending the day whenever I can standing in line, taking out the phone. Cause I'm like, no, save yourself. After you do your work, you're going to get that reward later on. So I'm trying to play with the dopamine um, wow. reward sort of. Yeah. But I don't know. It's not That's really impressive. Self, self-experiment. It's very impressive. You're definitely the kid who like was able to save up your money for all the sweets. And <laughs> I was the one that went to the shop as soon as I got any bit of money to buy something straight away. So oh. I do think there's a bit of a personality. You know, it depends on, I think, how you can uh, how you can manage rewards and stuff for yourself. But mm. I'm hopeless. So I have to delete all the apps. <laughs> Eve, better work day. What's what's the what's coming up? What's coming up in the next six months? Obviously, you touched on courses there, but what are the stuff we should be looking at? Yeah, so the biggest thing for me over the next six months is that online course. I just feel that for people who are already under a lot of time pressure to be able to learn, you know, in quick videos, no fluff at a time that suits you is probably the kindest way to get the information to them. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how that grows over the next couple of months. I've been piloting it for a year now and it's going well. Um, and then I'll continue to do my my in-person events. Delighted that they're back and companies are really investing in, you know, the well-being um, webinars, but and well-being in-person events, but they're they're more broad now. So now workload management, my topic, is part of the well-being program, which is fantastic, isn't it? Yeah. So, you know, not going to, you know, break what's working, just going to keep on building it. Um, and really looking forward to seeing how the online courses play out really in 2023. Niamh, we've we've got loads from that and um a lot actually for my own life that I've been writing down. Need to do that. Need to do You're more welcome. of that. Need to do a lot more of that. Um, he's got it all worked out. I don't do the hour thing in the evening. I don't know how he does that. Um, anyway, we, we anyone who comes on the show, Neil, we always finish with one final question just to really get a sense. What does high performance mean to you, Neil Brady? I thought about this. So high performance to me is when your time, your energy and your attention are all directed at the same thing. Because you're in the place, your energy is directed towards it, you're able to execute it, and you're doing the right thing. And I think whether it's work, sport, creative, time with family, that's high performance in my mind anyway. Thank you very much. Energy is such a big thing. Yeah, yeah. thanks a lot for today. We got loads from it. Really enjoyed it. Thanks, guys. Thanks Talk a lot. Cheers. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Sleep, Eat, Perform, Repeat, a story of high performance. This was brought to you by Howora, a whole person wellbeing company founded and run from Dublin, Ireland. Find out more at howoralife.com, spelt H-A-U-O-R-A life.com. Please rate, review and share the podcast. Some people want it to happen. Some wish it would happen. Others make it happen. The GOAT, Michael Jordan.